ahead and pass it uh, by. Um, and so um, the one thing, um, I just want to recap real quick uh, on last week, um, if you were here. Um, let's give it up one more time uh, for Jamie Fuller, who allowed the Holy Spirit to work in her last week. Um, and so she had talked um, about uh, Kenna Carmi and her, uh, her life and the goodness um, that her family was able to identify even through the tragedy of losing a daughter um, and a sister. And so um, Jamie um, brought in some of these. She had um, the Carmi family bring some of these. And it's, it's, it's that thing that Kenna would always say, if not me, who? And so um, there's no great way of passing these out. But if you want one, these will be on the back table. Just a, a constant reminder um, of the goodness that God has displayed in us in the hopes that we can display it um, to others. And so, Kapitu, when you get to the back, you toss those on the back for me. Um, there we go. Good catch. <laughs> Sound like a major pop just happened. Uh, but if you want one of those, go ahead and grab it on the way out um, and then wear it and use it as a constant reminder uh, of the goodness um, that God has shown us that we were reminded of last week. Uh, but as we transition to this week, here's what I would love you, for you to do. If you have a Bible, and I, I hope that you do, um, go ahead and open it up to the book of Daniel, um, Old Testament, um, back half. might be a little bit hard to find, smaller book, but go ahead and um, flip there. If you are in Ezekiel or Jeremiah or Isaiah, you have not gone far enough. If you get into Amos, Micah, um, Zechariah, some of those ones that are a little bit harder to say, you've maybe gone too far. So we're in Daniel uh, this morning, chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 25. Um, and as we read this, this if you are uh, a quote-unquote church kid, um, like I was and still am, and like my children are, um, this um, this event, the account of this event, this, um, as we call it, this story may sound familiar to you um, because it's about um, three gentlemen with very unique names that we are all familiar with if we were brought up in the church um, and are used to the, the stories of the Bible that were um, told to us as, as children. And so um, this is Daniel chapter 3, um, verses 13 through 25, and this is what it says. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your, God, your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace." Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astounded, astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered, he, he answered and said, But I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Let's pray. Father God, um, as we just declared with our, with our voices and, and my prayer, Father, with our hearts, that you are faithful. Father, I pray that, that as we look into your word, we see 
um, examples of, of your faithfulness, but also examples of faithfulness on our behalf. What we need to do to be faithful to you, trusting that you are ever faithful in the fulfillment of your promises, it's my prayer, Father, that would embolden us and that would cause us to be even more faithful in our pursuit of you, doing what you've called us to do, to be more like your son. So, Father, uh, be with us this morning. Open our hearts, open our ears to your word. Father, um, I thank you that you have chosen me this morning as your vessel. I am completely useless without you, and so fill me and use me as you see fit. And so, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for, for what's to come. Um, Father, it's our prayer that we would um, encounter you through your spirit this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And so um, we're continuing in this series that we started um, six weeks ago. Um, we are two-thirds of the way through this series that we started um, before it felt like winter called Pick Fresh, where we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And that comes um, from Paul's writings to the Galatians uh, in chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. He says this, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so today that brings us to the, <clears throat> to the next one, number seven, which is faithfulness. We, uh, we sang about that this morning, and I think if, if we really take some time to look around, we realize that God has been incredibly faithful here in GSM. I mean, first and foremost, for for how he has filled this room. Um, it's absolutely spectacular that you are investing in your friends and those around you, that the Spirit has emboldened you to, to invite friends to fill this room, to invite friends that you haven't seen in a while um, to be there. And we have been called um, to uh, invest in our friends and our families, and you have been faithful in that, and God has been faithful in, in working on the hearts of those people and the minds that they would say, yes, that sounds good. I would love to join you um, at GSM. Like God has been incredibly faithful this year um, with our small groups. Um, last year, we had record numbers of students who said, I want to be a part of a small group. And this year, that number rose by 26%. Like, God has been incredibly faithful in our lives and with us. You know, we took 80 people to the beach this past summer. God has been faithful in that. The stories have encouraged people and, and drawn people to want to be a part of this community. Um, God has been incredibly faithful in all that he is doing. Like, God is faithful with each name that falls into my inbox on, the, on my email that says, hey, you have another person registered for all in. God has been incredibly faithful in that. He has been faithful in my life. Um, just simple things like Finley, um, she battles styes in her, in her eyes. Um, and so there was this one that was really bad and we thought we would have, have to have surgery. Um, but throughout the process, the doctor says, all right, do these things. And in six weeks, we'll see you back, but we're going to schedule the surgery. And so we prayed for her and, 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 and over her. And we've asked a lot of you to pray for her and the staff. And God was faithful in that um, because the, we went to the doctor and he said, no, there's no need for surgery. Um, and, and so there's all of these things that we look in our lives that we can say God has been faithful and we need to give him credit for those things. Like God has been faithful to bring the person beside you and in front of you and behind you to here, to this place. Like God has been faithful like in, in, in putting me here, not because what I can do, but what he can do in and through me. And so God has been incredibly faithful in our lives. And I think if you look specifically into your life and like you take some time to reflect, you can be like, oh my goodness, like God did that and he's done that. And he's done that. And there's always those things that, that cloud our minds in the front. Those things that we don't necessarily reflect on where God has been faithful, but those places where we look and we go, but will he be faithful in this? And so I want to encourage you to push those things back and to bring the places and the areas where God has been faithful to the forefront of your mind so that you can see, yes, our God is, in fact, faithful, and he is a promise fulfiller. And from that, it's my hope that we 
are encouraged, that we say, you know what, if I serve a God who is faithful, then I can be faithful to my God in a season that is easy or in a season that is difficult. That's one of the cool things about as we look at the fruit of the Spirit, like if we are declaring that these are true, if we're declaring that the Spirit will develop love in us and joy in us and peace in us and patience and kindness and goodness, if we are declaring that we can identify those things, then we can identify that our God is in fact faithful because we have been promised these things. And what we realize is there are times when we're pursuing God, we see the faithfulness of our God come to fruition in a greater way because we see the things that he's doing because we are pursuing what he's calling us to do. And so it's a lot easier for us to identify the places where God is being faithful because we are being faithful to him. And so my encouragement for you this morning, students, like, is to be faithful, is to be faithful in your pursuit of Jesus, to not fall away, to not look and say, man, this is not necessarily what I want to do, and so I know that God is calling me to do this, but I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. I'm going to walk away from being faithful to God because this seems more appeasing, or this is easier, or this is really what I think that I want. And it gives us a, a, a a torn spirit at times. Because we see the, the pleasures of this world, we see the things that we want and that we desire, and we know that God may not be calling us to those things. And so we find ourselves in a position where we go, man, I know that I want to be faithful to God, but I really want this thing or this person or this pursuit or this place in my life. And I am at a fork in the road. And I know that faithful, being faithful to God goes this way, and the pursuits of my heart go this way, and I'm conflicted, and what do I do? And if we live in, in, in 2018, this is one of those times where there are so many opportunities for all of you to pursue that lead you away from God, and they seem incredibly, incredibly appealing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it looks like, wow, that looks really, really good. Like, my friends are doing these things. Like, my family are doing these things. Like, everyone around me are doing these things, but I know that that's not faithful. And it's really hard, and we get this conflict on the inside, and we, get this, we feel this conflict on the outside, and we find ourselves saying, what do I do when I have to choose between being faithful to God and everything in this world? And that brings us back to the story that we find in Daniel about these three guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so just some context here. Um, what happens before this, this specific piece of scripture that we're diving into this morning. So we see that King Nebuchadnezzar, um, all of the Israelites um, have been, they are, they are um, not living in their home country. They have been, um, they are refugees um, they have been enslaved, and they are living in Babylon. And so one of the things that the Babylonians did, that, that King Nebuchadnezzar did, is he, want, he goes, I want to wash these people of their culture. I want to um, bring them into the Babylonian culture. I want them to forget who they were. I want them to uh, identify and associate themselves as Babylonians and not as Israelites. And so what we're going to do is we are going to Essentially, we're going to wipe their minds clean, and we are going to re-teach them what it looks like to be a citizen of this community, of the Babylonian Empire. And so as they're doing this, um, in, in, in the beginning parts of this book, we see that they're, they're bringing all the men together to begin to do this, to, to teach them what it's like to be a Babylonian man, not an Israel, Israeli man, one from Israel. And so they go through some of these things, and um, we see them, them, them in the beginning of chapter 3 where King Nebuchadnezzar, he creates this golden image, and he says, what you must do is you must worship this golden image. We're going to try and cause you to forget about any God that you worshiped prior to this, and the only God that is before you is the golden image that 
King Nebuchadnezzar created. And like he, like this is something that he did, and so he's like extra proud of that. And so the, the rule is um, at any point when we come together and you hear the music being played, whether it's, um, whether it's different instruments, whatever it might be, at that moment you need to fall down on your face and you need to worship this golden image, this false god that King Nebuchadnezzar has created. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego find themselves in a position where a lot of high school students find themselves in today. Not necessarily that your country or that, your, that, that President Trump is saying you must worship this one specific thing, but finding yourselves in a position where you see a lot of false worship happening all around you and the, 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 the society and entertainment and media and culture is saying those are the things I need to pursue. And like you probably can tell me better than I can tell you what some of those frustrations, some of those struggles are for a 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old. Like I can probably name some of, the, some of the big ones, but you'd be like, well, Ryan, what you're, not miss, what, what you're not seeing is X, Y, and Z. All you're focusing on is A, B, and C, and there's a lot that you're missing out on. You can tell me in a, in, in a far better way than I could ever tell you what is really trying to grab your attention and pull you away from God in 2018. And if I can identify some of the big things, but I'm missing out on some of the smaller things, it scares me to death for what you have to deal with on a constant basis. Like I've said this multiple times in here before, and I truly believe it. I believe that it is significantly harder for you to pursue Jesus in your life every single day than it was for me when I was in high school. Like simply because of the invention of the iPhone. Like it makes it way harder because there's just so many opportunities that are found in one small or one large device. And so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time identifying these things because what we could do is we could sit down for coffee or for ice cream and you could tell me, Ryan, like those are, those are there, but obviously they're there. Like, but what you're missing out on are these things. Like you are living in a modern era, Babylon, where you are conflicted on a constant basis because you say, I know that God is calling me to this and I know that the world is calling me to this and those two do not mesh well. And so we see, they find out that, that King Nebuchadnezzar says, if you do not bow down, now here's the consequence. It's not just a decree. It's not just like, hey, everyone should have Instagram or everyone should have Snapchat. Like, it's kind of cool to this. You should go to homecoming or you should go to prom or by the time you're in high school, you should be dating. Like, these things that, that, that society tell us that you feel obligated to be a part of like, no, 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 in this specific scenario, King Nebuchadnezzar says, yes, when you hear the blast of the trumpets and all of those other instruments, um, you will fall down on your face and you will worship um, my God, not our God, not the God. And if you don't, you will die. Like, he, he created not only this, 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 this uh, golden image, he also created a blast furnace that he could heat up to incredible heat so that if you do not worship this, you get to go spend a short amount of time there before you meet our maker. Like, I will kill anyone who does not meet this expectation. And so we find ourselves in this moment. We find ourselves in this moment where Nebuchadnezzar has made this, like, law. He has, he has decreed this. This is what is. And so... He finds himself in front of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And prior to this, he had had an interaction with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where they had set themselves apart and gained some respect in Nebuchadnezzar's eyes. Like they had set themselves apart because once prior to this, they did not fall into the, to the way that the, the Babylonians were living their lives. They set themselves apart. They said, no, we're going to continue to pursue God in this. And so that put them in front of Nebuchadnezzar, where he put them in some places where they were kind of um, authorities, and they had some rules that they got to execute on others, and they had the favor of God. And so it gets back to King Nebuchadnezzar that this happened. Like, the, the golden image was there, that the, the, the horns were blown, and the lyres were played. I don't know if that's like a stringed instrument or whatever, so they were played. Um, but 
this happens and it gets back to Nebuchadnezzar, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, hey, king, these three guys that you know, everything blew and they, they, didn't, they didn't follow, they didn't comply with what you were telling them to do. So he calls them, he calls them, he says, bring them here. He says, bring them to me. And it says that they, right before this section that we get into, they said, oh, king, hey, we just, we can't. But he, he looks at them and he finds himself um, saying, well, I'll give them one more chance. And so they said to him, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that they've set up before you. They, they're saying, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like they're just, they're, they're defying you great king. Like these men are defying you and who you are. And so that's where we pick up. In verse 13, it says, then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Like we see that Nebuchadnezzar is furious because he goes, oh, he, like in this moment, he goes, well, I'm king, I decreed it, and we have people who are disobeying me. And so he's furious in this moment. He finds out, like, his reaction is expected. He's, like, the most powerful guy in all of Babylon. He's king, and what he finds himself is saying, I said to do something, and there are people that are, that are audacious enough to not follow what I'm saying. He says, bring these men before me. And Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. And so what... I love this. You know, Nebuchadnezzar finds himself where he goes, you know what, I know these guys. And I know these guys. I've, I've put them in a position where they're, they're set apart a little bit. They're a little bit higher than everybody. And so, like, he gives them what I would consider the benefit of the doubt. He goes, maybe they didn't fully understand, like, the rules that I had set up. Like, maybe they didn't fully, real, like, really get it. And so he calls them, and he goes, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, I've, I've heard that you aren't serving my gods uh, that I've set up, but he, in, in verse 15, he says, now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. And so he goes, hey, I'm giving you a second chance. Like, maybe you were confused, maybe you didn't understand, like, the way of Babylon, like, the way that we do this here is when those mu when that music is, is played and you hear it, you fall down. And so maybe you didn't understand that. And so let, like, just know that that's the rules. And so know that I've made that. And I take it very personal, those who, who do and don't. And so verse 16. <clears throat> I'm sorry, the rest of verse 15. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hand? And so in this moment, Nebuchadnezzar sees himself as the most powerful man in the universe. He says, I've created this, the most powerful being in the universe. He goes, he goes hey, that's me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that is me. I am the voice of reason right now. I am, I am the, the most important person that you have ever encountered. I am the most important being that you have ever encountered. And what I say goes. And so know that when you hear these things, you fall down. And if you don't, he reminds them once again of the consequences. If you do not, if you choose to not follow the ways of Babylon, if you choose to not follow the ways of the world, like if you choose to not do what I say, you will be thrown into that. See, hey, you feel that heat that's not coming from the sun? That's the fiery furnace, and that's where you're going to go. And you might find yourselves this morning saying like, that's great. There's no fiery furnace. But you might find yourself saying, hey, you know, you find the world in the shoes of King Nebuchadnezzar. And it's not saying, hey, if you do not worship my God, you'll be thrown into the furnace. But it's, if you do not pursue these things, you will be a social outcast. Like if you do not follow the ways of the world, you will be rejected, not just by the people that you don't know, but by the people that you do know and that you may be closest to. 
Like, you're going to be known as that guy or that girl who went all throughout high school and you never even dated somebody. Like, who are you? Oh, my goodness. Like, how can you make it through all of high school and not be one of those people? Like, hey, he likes you. I don't care about his past. I don't care about who he is. He likes you. He's cute. That's what you should pursue. Hello? Like, it's right in front of you. Like, your friends are telling you these things. Like, you are insane. Like, he's the real deal. Like, oh, my goodness, look at him. He's president of the speech and debate club. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Right? You know what I mean? And if you're the president of the speech and debate club, I apologize. That was not intended. You are, hey, if you are the president of the speech and debate club, you are smarter than I am standing here today. Okay? Good for you. You're going to get, like, probably a 32 on your ACT. Future's bright. Um, but you find yourselves in these moments. There's not a fiery furnace, and there's not a, there's not a physical false god that you're called to, to, to worship every day, that, that our president or that the ruler of the world is saying that you must bow down to. But let's be honest, there are a lot of things that we bow down to on a constant basis, or we have the temptation to bow down to on a constant basis. Like we constantly are tempted to worship the idol of popularity, of being the cool person. Like we are constantly feeling the temptations of bowing down to the false god of pride. You are constantly finding yourselves in a position where you need to bow down to the God of gossip or the God of lust that is right in front of you. And the world is saying, no, 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 fully, like, like the table is set before you, just feast. Be as popular as you can be, no matter what it costs you. Like the goal is to be, at the end of the year, senior superlatives, most popular, Like, hey, like, there is plenty of stuff on the internet for you to look at. Feed your lustful appetite and just dive right in. Like, she said that about you. You need to come back at her. You need to find somebody who has some dirt on her, and you need to put that out there for everyone to be a part of. Like, this is what the world is saying. Bow down to that God. Like, I know, like, hey, don't worry about who he is or who she is. Don't worry about their past that was last Friday. Like, don't worry about those things. Just jump right in. Like, jump into the God for a ne- that, that is a need for relationships, that is a need for false acceptance, that is a need for false security, that is a need for false significance. We chase these things. These pressures, these temptations are, in fact, there. And the reality is, it's no fiery furnace, but it's our reputation. It's our livelihood. It's our friendships. It's our relationships. And those are on the table, and they can be removed, and they will be removed if we do not comply with the world. No, there is no physical golden image, and there is no physical fiery furnace in our lives. But there are metaphorical real, put your hands on gods that are in front of us, that are calling us to them, that the world and the society is calling us to. And there is a metaphorical fiery furnace in the reality of understanding that we may not have anyone around us if we don't comply with what the world is calling us to do. And you know it better than I do. I mean, the reality is I'm like, I'm, I'm a 32-year-old guy who's just, I'm doing life, and, and I work at a church, and, and I live in a neighborhood, and I don't feel the pressure quite like you do in the same ways that you do. I think that's a couple reasons, because I'm a little bit older, and I'm beyond that season of life, and I've kind of understood what the world is in a, in, in a little bit of a better way than some of you do. And my saving grace is the fact that I've had just significantly more time to spend in God's word. To develop a relationship with Jesus that has helped me understand 
that I need to say no to those things, but that does not make it any easier this morning for you or the person sitting beside you. And so Nebuchadnezzar paints a picture. He goes, guys, this is where it's at. This is your reality. Bow down or die. And I love the boldness, and I love the faith, and I love the faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one that I hope that we could share, one that I pray that the Spirit will develop inside of us just like he is developing love and patience and peace and kindness and goodness, praying that he's also developing faithfulness in us. The faithfulness that he developed in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. The faith, this is what I love about the fruit of the spirit. Faith develops, faithfulness develops other fruit in our lives. I see not just faithfulness, but I see incredible joy in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I see incredible peace in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they are allowing the spirit to work in them to follow through on the faithfulness of God, knowing that God has been faithful making the decision themselves to be faithful as they pursue God to allow the Spirit to continue to develop faithfulness in them as they develop joy and as they develop peace. And I believe there's all of the fruit of the Spirit being developed in these men. And he said, we trust in our God that he will deliver us out of this situation. What they're saying is, hey, that God... All that God can do is cause you, King Nebuchadnezzar, to throw us into the fiery furnace. But what our God can do is he can do anything he wants. He can deliver us from this reality. He delivered our ancestors from Egypt. He split seas. He created food, manna from nothing. He created water from a rock. Like our God is capable of doing incredible things, some that we can even, cannot even fathom. And we are going to continue to pursue that God, oh great king. That God, all that God can do is send me into the fiery furnace because he is controlling you. But what my God can do is incredible things. And so we're going to put our faith in that God. If this be so, our God whom we serve, whom we here serve today, the same God that those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, it's the same God that we serve this morning. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. That is our God. And I love it. You want to see faithfulness take a step up? It happens in the next verse. But if not, if he doesn't, if he does not deliver us from that fiery furnace, like if he does not deliver us, if he does not cause us to walk down the path we expect him to do, if not, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Even if we go to die and we go to burn in the fiery furnace, just know, O king, we will not, no matter what, even if, it is, even if our guarantee is death, we will not serve your God. We will not serve gossip. We will not serve lust. We will not serve pride. We will not serve worldly significance, worldly attention. And that's where we need to find ourselves today because there is a reality that you're living in that there are consequences for our choices. Like when we do something, when we make a choice, there is in fact a consequence. And that can be a great consequence and that can be an incredibly terrible consequence. But what we have to trust, what we have to believe is that if we are pursuing God and what he's called us to do, the consequence that we feel on earth is absolutely meaningless because we have a reward waiting for us in heaven. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up.
Like that's what you need to do. Like that's what we need to do. When we're staring at our screen, at our phone screen, and we see that thing, that person, or that group of people that came after us, we need to say, I'm not serving this God. I'm not serving this God. I'm not going to respond in the way that I feel that I should. Like, I'm not going to serve the God that is known as my MacBook Pro when it's calling me all the time. I'm not going to serve that God. I am not going to serve the God of popularity. Like, I'm not going to serve this God that says you have to constantly be doing these things and pushing the limits and going beyond what you think you can do or what you need to do that God is saying, hey, no, 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 come on, come on, come on over to me. You don't need those things. I am not going to serve this God of popularity. I am not going to put myself out there. And it may cost me my reputation. And it may cost me an incredibly difficult conversation with my parents. And it may cost me a boyfriend or a girlfriend or my, all my friends or my team. It may cost me those things. But I know that I serve a God that is far greater, that has greater consequences, that has positive consequences, positive outcomes for me if I choose to be faithful to a God who is the most faithful. And we're in that conflict. And this is where we need to pray. God, develop faithfulness in me. Help me to become more like the young men known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Develop this in me. Help me to push the past away. Help me to push the false gods away. Not to see the fiery furnace, but to see the promises fulfilled and the promises made that have yet to be fulfilled, but that are guaranteed to be fulfilled. Help me to focus on those things. Verse 19, the Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it, usually, than it was usually heated. Like This is those people who claim to be friends, that you've just been chasing after popularity or status. And when you realize that in continuing to pursue the the relationship that they want and the ways that they want that gives you that popularity or that status and you say, hey, that's just not for me anymore. They turn on you. Like, I believe that a lot of us have had that happen. When we make a decision to not pursue something that the world is calling us to pursue, our friends begin to turn on us and we realize that there are less people in our corner. Very much like Nebuchadnezzar, he was filled with fury and the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than it was usually heated. Like, the reality is those, these things that happen in our lives, we may look at them right now. Like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are looking at the options, bow down and be burned, or, I'm sorry, bow down and skip out on the, on the burn, on death, or don't bow down and, and be burned. Like the furnace, the furnace was hot enough to kill them before Nebuchadnezzar ever ordered it to be heated hot, hotter. And this is the reality. Sometimes Satan does that in our lives. He puts the thing that we fear in front of us and he magnifies it. Hey, you're not going to just lose your best friend. You're going to lose your whole group of friends. Hey, not only are you going to end that relationship with him or with her, but all of the people that you've been hanging out with are no longer going to be a part of your life. Like, that's the reality. Satan does that. Like, sin does that. It magnifies the reality of what the consequences might be in hopes to turn us back. So I believe that Nebuchadnezzar, he's filled with, his hope is for them to go, hey, you know what, that looks worse than it was, and so now we're going to fall back to what you really want. But they stay faithful. They stay faithful. And he ordered that the furnace be heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and all their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent, and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And those three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. Like, as we see this, as we see this coming out, we realize, like, how hot this was. Like, this is a great symbol of the burning anger that not just King Nebuchadnezzar has, but the burning anger that Satan and sin has when we are, in fact, faithful to God. It burns hotter. It's scarier. It may feel more real than it did before. And as the heat builds and builds, it tells us that the men who, who, who took them forward, it killed them as well. But the faithfulness of God prevails once again, as he's promised it will. 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they, answered to the, they answered and said to the king, true, O king. And he answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. Like God is faithful once again. Like God is faithful and he delivers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the thing I love is in this moment where they knew their reality, they knew what was coming for them, they knew that the fire was real. But King Nebuchadnezzar says, I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. It's Jesus. And so in those moments where we're in it, like you, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in those moments, as they're walking, as they're being, they're being forced into the furnace, they think it's just us. They know that they have a God that loves them. But in that moment when they're in the fire, they don't feel the heat. They don't feel the burn because they are in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is there with them and he is there protecting them. Because you're going through life, I can only imagine how difficult it is for you to remain faithful because you see the potential fires that you will be drawn into, that you will be forced into if you make the decision to be faithful. We have a God who loves us desperately, who is always faithful to us, who moves mountains. Like we have a God who does that. We have a God who opens up seas. We have a God who loves us so much that he would send his only son to die for us in our place. So that when we are with him and we are in the fire, we can look around and we can see that Jesus is there with us, watching over us and protecting us. And we know that in Jesus' decision, in his sacrifice to come to this earth, to die for us, we realize the incredible love that he has for us. That our God is willing to do not just what we want, but something better than that. What is needed for us to fulfill his promises. Like our God is faithful. Like we see that time and time again. Our God is so faithful that he would send that son to break open rock solid hearts that we can be right with the God who desperately loves us. Like we have a God who's willing to do what is needed, not just what we want. And our response to that, it must be faithfulness. We must see that he has done it in the past, that he'll do it again. And the, we have to come to the same reality that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came to. I believe that God will deliver me from this in the way that I would like. But if he does not, he is in fact still faithful. Because there can be a lot of things that can harm this physical body. But because of Jesus, for those of us who have a relationship with us or with him, there is nothing that this world or that sin or that the devil can do to 
our souls. Our souls are sealed because of the Holy Spirit through Jesus. It is protected. It is guaranteed that there is nothing that can happen to our souls. We have to realize that. That faithfulness doesn't always look exactly like we think it will, but it turns out to be what God's plan is. And that plan is far greater than ours. So I encourage you students, as you you live your life, as you understand the realities of 2018, surely to be 2019, which I believe may be even harder than this year. Like as you are living in this season of life where it's difficult because there are so many things calling you to the world, I challenge you, I, I beg you to surrender to Jesus so that his spirit can do a work in your heart that will produce faithfulness. You can say, no, 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 world. Man, that looks really really good like I really want to be a part of that like that looks great but I know I'm not called there and I need to turn and I need to go to Jesus and allow him through his spirit to develop faithfulness in me and we've been looking through Paul's letter to the Galatians and I love it right after he talks through the fruit of the spirit just a couple verses later in chapter 6 He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And I know I I point to this one a lot, but it it is true. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. The world is trying to deceive us. The world is trying to get us to fall down before false gods all the time. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. When we say, I'm going to put faithfulness to the side and I'm going to pursue the the realities of this world, the, the pleasures of this world, you will reap corruption. When you sow of the flesh, you will reap of the flesh. Like when you sow of the desires of this world, you will reap the desires of this world. And that is corruption. That is the the hard realities that are often that are often unseen by the general masses. But there is corruption that you will reap if you put faithfulness to the side, if you do not allow the Spirit to develop faithfulness in you, if you pursue the fleeting pleasures of this world, you will reap corruption. If you go the opposite route of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you will reap corruption. It says, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And then this is verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Like that's what faithfulness is. It's just don't give up. Faithfulness is saying, I know that God has been faithful in the past. He's moved mountains for people. He has moved mountains for, for entire groups of people. He has moved mountains for For the Israelites, he has moved mountains. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he has moved mountains. For my family, for my friends, he has moved mountains for me. I trust that he will, in fact, do it again. Do not give up. Paul encourages us that. This is that faithfulness again. And let us not grow weary of doing good. It can be hard. There are seasons where it's tough. And you are probably, some of you are like, Ryan, I am in the middle of that season right now. I want to give up. I want to turn away. I don't want to pursue what this world has to offer. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap. It may not be Guys, like, this is the reality of it. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is how we hope it. We hope that we can reap in this season, but we may not be able to reap. It might be my children or my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren, but I know that God will be faithful. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Guys, don't give up. Double down. In this season of, of frustration, in this season of stress, double down. Say, I know that you have moved mountains in the past. I know that you will move them again in the future. So I am going to press on in incredible faithfulness, knowing that you have been faithful in my life. Guys, what this takes is incredible courage. 
but not courage found within yourself, but courage found within a God who loves you so much. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their courage was not found in themselves. It was found in God. The true God, the real God, the great I am. I'm encouraging you, students. Let's do this journey together. Let's double down together. Let's remain faithful together. Let's push the world aside and let's walk together. And as we're walking together, and maybe all of us, maybe we're walking together into a fiery furnace that does exist in this world, we can look around and we can see that there is one more with us than we thought, and that is the person of Jesus Christ ready to deliver us. Maybe from that situation, but if not from that situation, from this world to eternity. That is the God that we serve. That is the Jesus, the man God that we have the opportunity to have relationship with. Guys, don't let today pass you by. Feeling drawn to the Father through the Son, don't let today pass you by by not saying, hey, I'm done with the world. I need to pursue Jesus. Don't let today pass you by. If you're not there, if you have never made that decision, I encourage you, talk to your friend who invited you this morning, talk to your friend who invited you last year and you've just been coming with them every single week since then. Talk to one of the adults in the room. Talk to me. Talk to the band. We just, we just want to walk with you. We want to walk with you through life. We want to walk with you to the fiery furnace, knowing that God will deliver us. Let's be faithful together, knowing that God has been faithful in our lives and trusting that he will just continue to fulfill the promises that he's made. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for for fulfilling promises. I thank you for the promises that you've made, that you've fulfilled, that we can reflect on and we can say, yes, our God is, in fact, a promise fulfiller. God, I pray that it emboldens us. It makes us strong in your spirit to remain faithful. And, Father, as we are experiencing the, the heat, I pray that we can feel peace and that we can feel joy and that that pushes us to be faithful. God, I pray that we can walk through this season of life together. I pray, Father, for those students who, for those students, for those adults, for everyone in this room who has to make hard decisions because they're, they're feeling your spirit calling them. I pray, Father, that, that as a community of believers, that we can lean into one another, that ultimately we lean into you, that we can remember the mountains that have been moved in our lives, We can trust that you'll do it again. Father, that you'll give us courage, that you'll give us strength, that your spirit will develop faithfulness in us, that we can walk through the fire, walk through the burn with one another, but ultimately with you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen.